Well, good morning. How are y'all today? Happy New Year, right? It's time for that. Happy New Year to everybody here. Want to say Happy New Year to all of those joining us online. It's great to see y'all here this morning. We've blown right past Christmas. This Wednesday, a a new year. And boy, in light of this new year, I've done a a, a lot of study, a lot of thinking and praying. Of course, I I go to school. I've been very skilled at this. You couldn't do this. I'm just going to tell you that. You, I, I've come up with a title for today's sermon. I've worked very hard on this. It's called, it's called 2020 Vision. Yeah, you don't try that at home. You'll hurt yourself. That uh, I join one of maybe, oh, I don't know, 100,000 preachers today and next week preaching on 2020 Vision. Man, I tell you what, I think we've been waiting for 2020 since January 2nd, 2010. I mean, this, this is just too perfect. I, I have served on two boards in, of ministries over the last 10 years, and both of them, we did, we did reports about the future that included the words 2020 and vision. My, my son Randy graduates this year, a class of 20, and their, their motto is, with vision, we lead. I'm, I'm guessing a lot of you in here at work, at school, on a billboard somewhere, a bulletin board, you've seen 2020, you've seen vision. I mean, I'm already disappointed in 2030. What are we going to do with that? So, I mean, 2020 is just too perfect. You know, it, it's funny how numbers and, and things like that become so important to us and, and have such symbolism and meaning because, you know, you stop and think about it. There's no actual difference between January 1st and July 17th, other than the temperature. Okay, I'll give you that. But I mean, they're both just a passing of a 24-hour time period. 2020, just the marking of a calendar year. There's no real difference in that between 2018 and 2023. Now, what I just said is technically true. No, it's, it's, it's not true at all. I, I mean, numbers do have meaning. They do have symbol. Numbers mark. And they don't mark everything the same. And you think about it in our lives, especially when we're talking about like things like anniversaries, 5, 10, 25, that means something that 8, 17, and 23 just don't get, right? I mean, those numbers mark in a special way for us. So you come up on a day like this Wednesday, man, that marks a, a new day, a new week, a new month, a new year, and a new decade. I mean, this is a lot of marking that we're doing. And you know, since we are marking, usually when we mark something, we do kind of think, don't we? It it was something about marking, it makes us stop and kind of pause and think. And we look back a little bit and we look forward a little bit. And when you're doing that, you do want to have good vision. And I think we've got somebody today that can help us get that good vision. It's a guy, a biblical character. I think a lot of you might be familiar with him, a guy named Job. Now, when we say Job, we just automatically think of one word, suffering, right? And there's no doubt he shows us a level of suffering unlike about anybody else in scripture. But we do forget that the first part of his life and the last part of his life, and that all added up, was a life you would beg for. I mean, he lived a life of peace and prosperity and happiness, had this little blip right there in the middle. But I mean, this really is a a great life. But my point in that is Job is a guy who knows what it means to look back at the worst year you could ever imagine. 
And he knows what it is to look back and have just come through the best year ever. And then from that, look forward and start anticipating, is it, is it more of the same in a, in a good way or a bad way? So I think, I think Job can give us that, that 2020 vision. Turn with me today to Job chapter 1. Pretty easy book to find. If you can go to the Psalms, Psalms are usually right there in the middle of your Bible. Job is right before the Psalms. So uh, find your Psalms and go to the left. Job chapter 1, verse 20. (gasps) Verse 20 for 2020? It's kind of spooky. (laughs) Except that it's not. Job chapter 1, verse 20 says this. Then Job arose and tore his robe. He shaved his head and he fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Those words were spoken at the end of about the worst possible imaginable day. Hear the word day. This is in a 24-hour time period that he has this day. He is going to get... Uh, he's going he's to get four messages. Now, as we, we open up Job, we, we're introduced to him. And Job, how would you describe it? The word rich would be good. Now, don't run right away to how we use the word rich. He is, he is rich in character. I mean, this is a person who everybody looks up to. They look up to his character, his integrity. He's rich in family. He's rich in friends. Oh, and... Yeah, he's rich like we think of rich. I mean, he, he, own, he owns everything. And uh, as we come into meeting him, the scene kind of shifts quickly to, to heaven where we see God kind of holding court, if you will. And, and all the angels are coming before God. And that includes the bad ones. That includes Satan. That's kind of a weird thought for us. Because we ha- kind of have this idea that God, God's always up there and, and Satan and his brood are always down there. While that might be natural to think that way, it's an entirely unbiblical idea. Uh, the, the Bible never says anything like that. As a matter of fact, it actually does picture for us Job 1. Satan enters heaven. Satan goes before God. And he, he goes there clearly for one purpose, at least. And that is to, to make sure God knows. And God doesn't need to be made sure of anything, right? But he'll go and he'll make sure that God knows what sin, sins you have committed this week. Satan's called the father of lies, but there's one place you can count on Satan to tell the truth every single time. And that's when he's talking about you and your sin. That's true today. That's not just a Job chapter 1 story. It's still true today. Satan is an accuser and it's what makes me so entirely blessed and happy and want to praise God that when he goes and talks about me, Jesus is standing there. I have somebody that speaks for me. I have somebody that that is a mediator for me, an advocate for me. I, I tell you what, if you don't know that Jesus is your advocate... If you don't know that Jesus is standing there at the throne on your behalf when Satan comes accusing, you know that can happen in your life right here today. You can begin, you can enter a relationship with Jesus Christ and have the confidence that when Satan's telling the truth on you, 
Jesus will stand up and answer for you. So this is, this is kind of the scene that we enter there in heaven. And, and right as Satan is kind of pointing out this person, that person, God says, have you considered my servant Job? I, I love that verse. I mean, to me, I, the word I think of is just precious. It's, it's, it's precious that God would be proud of one of us. Here we are running around trying to, I'm, I'm being good enough, or I've been good enough, and I deserve heaven, and I deserve it. But do we ever think about God actually being proud of us? He seems proud of Job. Have you considered Job? Man, I'll tell you something. He is the real deal. And Satan right away says, no, he's not. No, yeah, I I know he worships you and all all that. The only reason he does that is because you give him stuff. You stop giving him stuff and you watch how much he praises you then. And do you know, we always talk about trusting God. Did you know that God trusts Job? kind of human language i don't think this is really language appropriate to apply to god but god's willing to bet on job what 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 would god bet on you this week god's willing to bet on job no job's the real deal he'll worship me he knows me no no matter what and satan says then let me loose and god does now god puts parameters god puts boundaries on what satan is allowed to do but he he does let him loose into, as I've already said, about the worst imaginable day. Job's going to get four texts. Going to get four text messages today. The first one says, your, your uh, donkeys and your oxen and all the people that watch, watch him destroyed, gone. Like a natural, they're, you don't, they're all gone. You have nothing. Second text, all, all, all your sheep, all, all your sheep gone. Your third text, your camels, they're all gone. Now, to you and me, that just sounds like a really bad day at the zoo, doesn't it? But remember, this is a time, there's no cash, there's no credit card, no debit card. A person's wealth was measured in the animals. You bartered with the, the animals. So what really what was just described for us there in chapter 1 is the complete and total financial collapse of Job's life. And then came the fourth text message. Job had 10 kids, and they actually liked each other. Isn't that crazy, moms and dads? They actually got along. Like, as adults, they chose to get together and hang out. And, man, they were all at one of the siblings' house having a party, having a big meal. And something like a a tornado hits the home, and all died. That's the daytime he just walked through. When he speaks the words that I just read a moment ago. That, that's what's going on when he says, the Lord gives and the, and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, as you are possibly right now, this week, going to be looking back at 2019. Was that a week that, or, or a year that gave? Or a year that took away? You lost somebody. You lost something. As you come out of 19 and look toward 20, are you anticipating a a better? Hey, this is going to be a year that fixes. This is going to be a year that gives. This is going to be a year that corrects. Or are you already seeing some things on the horizon that, wow, man, this this could turn bad. This this I'm already thinking I'm going to have another year of, of, of losing here. You know, I, I think as we think that way, I think Job would say, Randy, you just said that completely wrong. Because the calendar doesn't give and take away. 
People don't give and take away. Circumstances don't give and take away. God gives and takes away. I'll be honest with you. I am more uncomfortable with that idea than I am comfortable with it. That, 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 I, I want to get God off the hook. I, I, don't, I don't want us to see God as responsible for something not, not good in our life. But do, do you see... Do you see Job trying to get him off? The, he, he's not saying Satan or circa. He, he says God did this. As a matter of fact, what I really find confusing about Job in this story is when you go to the end of the book, chapter 38, chapter 39, God shows up. God, God shows up like for them to see and, and hear and relate with. And not once does God say Satan did it. Now he'd be telling the truth, Right? Satan did it, but God doesn't say that. God doesn't even explain. Hey, man, I bet on you, and you you did awesome. I'm so proud of I'm so proud of you. He doesn't explain any of that that's going on. Again, I kind of it's easier for me to talk about what Satan did, or man's free will, or the fallen world that we live in. But just simply to say, God, God did this. That's not, that's not comfortable. That's not easy. You know what? My guess is a lot of us in here have been in a conversation with somebody. And, and they were pointing maybe to something specific. Maybe it was just in general. But they're pointing to suffering. They're pointing to evil, to injustices in the world. And they point to accuse. This God you serve is not real. If there was a God, why would that be going on? Or if he is real, then he can't be good. He he can't be in control because there's no way that a good God, an in-control God would allow that to happen. And what do you and I do? We move into our discussion about a fallen world and man's free will and, you know, you know, God's timing. We try, we're trying to get God off the hook, but this passage isn't trying to get God off the hook. I guess it comes down to this for Job anyway. You know, at the end of the day, whatever might have been involved in all this happening, there's one sovereign. There's one power. There's one authority. Yeah, there's an enemy to that sovereign. There's an enemy to that authority. And he can't do anything that God doesn't allow. He, Job knows that and is able to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, the, the, the passage shows us Job here ripping his, ripping his clothes. That, that's for that culture. That's a, a, a sign of grieving and mourning. You know, in our culture, we, like we would put on black, right? That, that would be, I don't know if that's as much true, but for a long time, that was, you know, if you've gone through a loss, you'd, you'd wear black and might, might wear it for a week or, or so. Same here. He wouldn't, oh, I tore my jacket and I got to go home and get a new one. No, he, he'd wear these torn clothing, this torn clothing for days, weeks, maybe, maybe months. And, and this is more of a long haired culture and a bearded culture. So when he starts having a shaved head, I mean, it is with, when you look at his clothing, when you look at what he's done with his hair, it was literally like you could see him coming from a football field away and you know, this guy's hurting, this guy's grieving. And I need to see that. Have you ever been around somebody who like life was just totally caving in on and they just kind of had this plastic smile and pray praise the lord i mean what's your first thought they're crazy or, or you think you know you know not you know they're in shock right they're in shock it, they, they can't 
They can't process what's happening to them. It, ha- it hasn't hit yet. I mean, that's, that's what we would tend to think. And I, I, I hear him say, bless the name of the Lord. I think, well, he, it's, just not, it's just not registering yet with them. And yet, when I look at what he's doing, he appears to be feeling all of the awfulness of this moment, all of the pain of this moment. And in that, he falls to the ground and worships. Now, how, it didn't say he falls to the ground and prays. I get that. At the end of this day, you pray. But it didn't say he prays. I'm sure he did. But what it says is he, he worships. How is worship a response to this kind of day? I, I want to I take three phrases, three statements that, that Job makes that are, that are so profound that I think many of us will agree with. But if we're honest, we, we tend not to live by not, not really. So the, the first response, how, how do we process life? How do we do this? I've got nothing and I'm owed nothing. I, I've, I've got nothing and I am owed nothing. You know, he uses the phrase here, naked I entered the world, naked I'm going to leave it. I don't think the word naked is poetic. I, I, I don't think he's just being poetic and symbolic. In the way. I, I think he very purposely uses that word. Because he's just gone through a bad day. And when you and I go through a bad day, what do we want to do? We want to blame somebody and we want somebody to fix it. So I now, I'm, I'm looking now to get in somebody's face. I, I've got some demands. I want some things done. But you know what? You and I don't make demands and we don't start fights and we don't debate naked. That, no, that's weird. That, you know why? Because that's too vulnerable. That's, that's too defenseless. No, if I'm, if I'm going to go in a place and demand what I want, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dress for that. Boy, how appropriate that the word naked is used there. Because that's not just a statement about how we leave and how we enter. That, that's your whole life. Do you realize how absolutely defenseless and vulnerable you are? I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how much power you have, how much authority, how much money you have. There are more events than we can count where you could be absolutely defenseless and vulnerable in a matter of seconds. And sometimes for the rest of your life. Man, I'm not, I'm not in a position to demand anything. I'm, I'm not in a position to go before God and tell him the mistake that he made today. I, listen, I've got nothing and I'm owed nothing. So if I get something, even if it's to lose it, praise God. That makes sense now, what he's saying there? If I have anything, even if it's to turn around and lose it, praise the Lord. And what are we talking about here, folks, is trying to navigate life, trying to navigate days like, like this. And too often, you and I are working with the false thinking that we're owed something. As a matter of fact, we kind of in our culture right now, big words entitlement, right? And one generation blames another generation for being entitled. Or one group blames another group for being entitled. Maybe there's truth to that or not. I don't know. I know this. Every person in this room and every person on planet Earth thinks they're entitled. I do not. Okay, let me change the word entitled to another one that we use all the time. Expectations. 
You have expectations of literally everything in your life. You have expectations of your parents, your kids, your mate, your best friends, your worst friends. You have expectations of your school, of your job, of the coach, of the team, of your church, of your government. You've got expectations of your lawnmower. And when those expectations are not met, you're mad, sad, and ready to be bad. You think about it. I have a right for my lawnmower to start by three pulls. And if it doesn't, then I have a right to go in the house and bite my wife's head off. I have a right to kick something. I have, I have a right to scream. We live this way every day. Listen, okay, talking about being natural or not, here's the problem. We're talking about navigating life. Navigating means I need to figure out what the next step is. I need to figure out whether I'm going right or left. If you're operating from a lie, you're not going to go the right direction. And here's the truth, whether we like accepting it or not, you're owed nothing. Not from God, not from life. Second statement, every good thing, every bad thing comes from the, the hands of God. Now, the, the first part, that's pretty cool. That, that's a neat thing to, to think about. Man, a good day, a good meal. I say that all the time, don't I? That's a kind of a mantra of mind. To remind ourselves, man, every good moment, every good meal, every good friendship, every, every time I laugh, abilities, opportunities. Every, man, it's a gift from God. Take it right from his hand. I think, it's, I think it's so much richer, so much more rewarding to enjoy life is every bit of this goodness directly from his hands and not just kind of, well, things worked out. Oh, it's, they, yeah, they showed up on time. No, it's not, it's not random. It happened on purpose from God's hand. But now we got to flip to the other part that's not at all easy to think about. Wait a minute, you mean the lost job came from God's hand? The, 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 the lost health? The sleepless night? Wait, that, that's from God? Now, you know, folks, we, we could, we could kind of break things up into categories here. We could talk about things indirectly or directly. Yes, there are things that come directly from God. He sent it. He said it. He made it happen. Then there's some that are maybe a lot of things that are more indirect. Like God did not make Job's 10 children die. God did not send the destruction of all his animals, but indirectly right he he allowed it i mean if we believe he has all power he he allowed that to happen listen the scripture absolutely confirms satan is real satan is evil and he is doing evil every single day people lie steal cheat and murder and guess what we don't need satan to do that we can do it all on our own don't need his inspiration don't need his motivation don't need his help you and i are capable of great evil all by ourselves and then we just live in a broken world and in a broken world guess what happens things break in, in a broken world you can absolutely get the flu get a flat tire and get fired it doesn't mean all that directly came god sent that on could he have yeah potentially he could have but we would talk in again about the indirect way things happen in a fallen world and man's free will and all of this. But again, I point back to what Job seemed to do. He just said, you know, I can kind of sort through all this. And sometimes it feels good to point and, and blame. I, you know, my rest, my peace, my strength is going to be able to identify who did this to me and, and see them pay some retribution. But I think real peace, real rest... 
The real ability to take on the next day is I'm just going to trust in the character of God. I'm just going to trust that God is good. I can't see it. I can't add it up right now. But isn't that what we see Job doing? Third statement. I am not the standard by which God is praised. I am not the standard. My life and well-being, my experiences are not the determinant of whether God is worthy to be praised. My guess is most of us would look at that and agree with it, except that we don't live by it. I mean, folks, think about it. You know, you get, oh, I've had the best Christmas ever. That was so much fun. Oh, everything was so wonderful today. And at the end of that day or maybe the next morning, it's, it's so easy for me to applaud God. Yay, God, you're so good. Every good thing from, from your hands, Lord. Yay, you. But if it was a bad Christmas, if I had the flu all week, if things aren't working out, you know, my, my guess is a lot of us, even in that moment, we're going to try to give thanks and praise the Lord, right? But it's, listen, when we're working at it, it not not so easy to, uh, you know... I don't think many of us are going to voice it, but it's the way we end up living. Lord, you're not worth the applause today. You, you know, didn't really perform. I, I could have had that day by myself. I don't need a God for that. We, we end up making our own lives. The problem is I don't actually have the ability to figure out what's going on. Neither do you. God is working in so many ways, whether we can add it up, whether we can see it. God is, Job has no idea what is going on here, but, but God is good and God is, is working. As a matter of fact, Job 1, I didn't read it, but if it, I, I kind of described it. But if you read Job 1, you see there are spiritual realities running right alongside Job's physical realities. And he knows nothing about that. He doesn't have a clue about the spiritual realities running alongside him, much less being able to put together all the physical reality. What is your entire life in the book of eternity? You would like be one letter in one word on one page. And yet I'm going to judge the whole page. I'm going to judge the whole story by my letter. We, we can't. You want to trust something? Trust this. You don't get it. Seriously, that. You look at that person, you look at that. The first thing, I, I don't get it. And God does. God does get it. And because God gets it, I'm, I'm going to worship him. I'm, I'm going to praise him. It, it says here, that, that last line, in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with, with wrongdoing. That's a really interesting phrase. Literally translated in the Hebrew, it says this. Job did not charge God with tastelessness. Have you ever said something? Boy, they have no taste. What, what, do you, what are you meaning when you say somebody has no... They, can't dec- they don't know how to put colors together. They don't know how to put shapes together. Or maybe, maybe it's more of an etiquette issue. They don't know how to act. They, they don't know what to do. And, you know, Job never said, God, you just messed up here. You don't really know what you're, you're doing here. You know, folks, the scripture affirms one day you and I actually will get it. There, there will be a day where we see all of the physical realities, all of the spiritual realities. We will be able to connect the dots. And when we see everything, the scripture affirms for us in Revelation 19, we'll actually say, God, you're so 
just. There's not one place you were unfair. There's not one place you didn't show up. There's not one place you were negligent. There's not one place you missed it. We will praise him. And Job has this incredible faith where he reaches out to eternity future and he takes the truth there and he pulls it right into the worst day possible. And he gets on the ground and he worships. One day, not today, one day I will get it. And I will see how beautiful and perfect and righteous you are. You know, again, I, I, Job is a book about suffering. <laughs> There's more lessons in here about suffering. But I, I hate that we reduce Job to nothing more than suffering. He, he really does just show us how to process life, doesn't he? I, I mean, you, you know, you're looking at, back at a bad year, a good year. You're looking forward, anticipate. How, how do I navigate this? What do I do this? I think Job would say, well, get, do this. Absolutely trust that you don't get it. Absolutely trust that God does. And worship him. Whatever 2019 held, whatever 2020 is going to hold, bless the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I, I, gosh, I almost, I almost get kind of scared. I don't want you to test me like you did, Job. But God, I do want to pray. I think we want to pray that we could have faith like Job. God, would you give us wisdom to work from truth? Give, give us wisdom to work from your word. Lord, would you help us to process life, look at all of life, knowing at the end of the day, I don't get it. I'm not God. But I've been blessed to know who is God. I've been blessed to know that the Son of God stands at the throne of the Father and defends me, advocates for me. Oh, Lord, it doesn't matter what a day holds or doesn't hold for me. That alone, that alone, bless the name of the Lord. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.